Back in July, a woman named Esperanza Villalobos showed up to a Cook County budget hearing. Uh, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Esperanza Villalobos. She wasn't there to complain, but rather to thank the county, specifically the county hospital, for taking care of her when she was diagnosed with cancer. El proceso de cáncer es bien difícil y más difícil es cuando no se tiene un, una aseguranza. My colleague Kristen Schorsch was at this hearing, and she wanted to know more about how Esperanza ended up at the Cook County Hospital. So she and one of our Spanish-speaking colleagues drove out to Cicero to see Esperanza at her home. Hello. Hi, Esperanza. Hi, yes. it's Kristen from Be Easy. Hi, how are you? This is Adriana. Hola. Kristen, why exactly did you want to talk to Esperanza? She represents people who have nowhere else to go. And I was working on a story about why the Cook County hospital system was providing so much more free care while other hospitals in the county were providing less. So basically, there are just a lot more Esperanzas who are using the county health system. Isn't that what the county hospital is supposed to do, provide people free care if they can't afford health care? Yes. But how much free care can one hospital provide, especially when it's owned by the government? I mean, you think about the long-term consequences. You know, this is a taxpayer-funded hospital. Our tax is going to have to go up at some point to kind of help them deal with that rise and all the free care they're providing. Our patients going to end up having to wait longer to see their doctor or maybe get turned away because at some point the county health system is going to say, look, we just can't keep doing this. Today, we're going to tell you how Cook County ended up serving more and more people like Esperanza and why other hospitals have pulled back on free care. Also, what are the long-term consequences of that fraying safety net? Hi, everyone. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. We're here to bring you the backstory on the week's big story to help you better understand Chicago politics. I'm Becky Vivi. Joining me today is WBEZ reporter Kristen Schorsch. Hi, Kristen. Hi. So tell me, Kristen, you went to Esperanza's house earlier this month. Tell me about that visit. Yeah. So my colleague, Adriana, and I went to Esperanza's house in Cicero. We spent about three hours with her. And she essentially uh, took us through the journey of her cancer and finding a place to go to treat her. She uh, brought out a big bag of medical records in her kitchen. And we just, she popped some squirt for Adriana and I, sat at the kitchen table and went through those records. Doctor's appointments, discharge papers. Um, she was basically taking us back to when she was diagnosed and when um, she was supposed to have surgery. When was she diagnosed? 2012. And what happened after that diagnosis? So her husband lost his job, and this was just about a week before she was supposed to have surgery. And so when he lost his job, he lost the family's health insurance. And so she had to scramble and try and find a place that would treat her because now she had no insurance and no way to pay for the care. And she went to uh, three other hospitals. Each of them said they could do the basics, you know, a mammogram, a biopsy. Um, but she spent about two months finding a hospital that would take her. Again, like the hospitals, we just tell her, we'll do the basic. You know, we'll do the biopsy, we'll check, check you out, but nothing beyond that. So... They told her you need to go and talk to the financial department and see what can be done. 
um, but that's when she started like going around in circles trying to get help. O es un proceso muy largo o no me van a ayudar. La mera verdad, yo di varias vueltas y no vi una solución. So Esperanza told Adriana and I um, that she was frantic, that, you know, we asked her what it was like when she was searching for two months to try and find a hospital, knowing that she had cancer. And she said just the stress of it all, it made her worse. She said that she felt like she was going down a street without an exit. And it was just very stressful for her and her family. So God gave her a lot of peace and helped her, uh, especially in a time where she felt like she was asking for breadcrumbs from hospital to hospital. Uh, and she would ask herself, like, how is this possible? I have no insurance. I need help and I can't find it. Uh, so she she just felt like God, you know, helped her find the courage to find the solutions for it. A friend from church suggested that she go to Stroger and check it out because they take everyone, whether they can pay or not. And Stroger is the hospital run by the Cook County Health System. Yep, Stroger is the flagship for the Cook County Health System, which is one of the largest public health systems in the country. So it sounds like it worked how it's supposed to in Esperanza's case. Cook County Hospital served as a safety net for her. But the safety net is starting to have too many people in it because other hospitals are providing less and less free care. So all of the other hospitals won't take her. County's taking more people, but county's getting overloaded. Right. They're starting to just take on by far more than other hospitals, while those other hospitals are taking on less. Okay. Why are there more Esperanzas going to Stroger and other Cook County hospitals? So in the last few years, other hospitals in the county have started to pull back on the amount of free care they're providing. So what? why is that? What changed? So this is where it gets interesting and where politics come into play. About 15, 16 years ago, there was a hospital downstate. They were uh, applying again for their property tax exemption. This is a nonprofit hospital. And back then, there was no standard. There was no rule that said you have to provide this much free care a year to get your property tax exemption. But the board of review in that area said, no, you are not providing enough. That particular hospital is providing less than 1% of all of its revenue that year for free. So that board of review recommended to the state of Illinois, the Department of Revenue, that this hospital not get to keep its property tax exemption. So eventually that the state agreed with that board and the hospital lost it. This set off a flurry of anxiety among hospitals. This case eventually made it to the state Supreme Court, which sided with the state and that hospital still did not get its property tax exemption back. So fast forward to 2012, hospitals were freaking out. Hospital lobbyists and state legislatures essentially brokered a deal for hospitals to be able to keep their property tax exemptions, and these are nonprofit hospitals, and these can be very lucrative tax exemptions, hundreds of millions of dollars, they would have to provide what's called a community benefit. That could include free care, but it doesn't have to. It can also include how much money you're spending on research, how much money you're spending to train doctors. You could cut a check to a local clinic that treats the poor. So essentially, that bucket of what you had to do as a hospital to keep your property tax exemption was a lot more than just free care. I talked to John Colombo about all this. He's a retired University of Illinois law professor who has closely followed the battle over how much hospitals should provide in terms of free care in the state and across the country. 
he told me he wasn't surprised that hospitals here are not providing as much free care. He basically said whenever you get a law that actually has a number attached to it, it becomes more of a ceiling than a floor. The fact that this has happened actually doesn't surprise me. Uh, It is not unusual for these kinds of things to become ceilings rather than floors. The moment you put a number in, well, everybody knows what the number is. And as long as I hit the number, I'm home free. And, you know, I don't have to do any more than the number. So essentially, if hospitals don't have to provide free care, why would they? Because it's expensive. It's expensive. So Dr. Jay Shannon, who's the CEO of the Cook County Health System, he can't exactly say which hospitals are doing this, but he believes that more hospitals in the county are sending him their uninsured patients. So if you look at state data from 2012 versus in 2016, which is the most recent available, you can see that Stroger and Provident, the two Cook County public hospitals, are providing more and more free care while all those other hospitals are providing less. And so you're starting to see the ripple effect of that law that basically said, hospitals, you don't have to provide free care at all if you don't want to. If you want to keep that property tax exemption, pick something out of this giant bucket called a community benefit, and that'll qualify. It was almost like giving them kind of an out, if you will. Right. And hospitals across Cook County still do provide free care. They're just not providing as much. So there are more people like Esperanza showing up at county because they're uninsured. But the federal government also passed the Affordable Care Act, which was supposed to insure more people. Why are we seeing so many uninsured people still? Yes, Becky. So (laughs) under the ACA, um, the state of Illinois expanded Medicaid. That's one thing. So right, we have like more than 600,000 people who are able to get on Medicaid, which is the government health insurance program for the poor and disabled. You had people who were able to buy plans on the public health exchanges. At the same time, the health insurance that they buy on the exchanges has turned out to be unaffordable for many people. They have really expensive out-of-pocket costs. And then you also have this other bucket of people who can't get insurance. In Cook County, there are still more than 400,000 people who are uninsured. Some of that includes people who are undocumented. They can't get on a federal program to help cover medical expenses. Cook County Commissioner Larry Sufferden talks about this a lot. Uh, Well... (laughs) First, I think you've got to look at the mix of uh, those patients, and the vast majority of them are people who are new to the United States and are unable to get any form of uh, health insurance. If you're even here legally, you can't qualify for uh, Medicaid unless you're here five years or more. And if you're here with documentation issues, You can't qualify for any. And I think so we're seeing a larger number of those people who are coming to our system because they hear on the street that we are the system that will will serve them. The other thing is that for people who have been able to get coverage under the ACA, uh, many of them are finding they can't meet their co-pays because they have no vast amounts of money. The, The other hospitals realizing you have no ability to pay are making sure you come to us. So when you talk about people who have some form of insurance, things get even more complicated. Okay, we'll dig into that in just a moment. But first, we have to take a quick break. (music) 
Okay, Kristen, let's get into the numbers. Exactly how much more free care is Cook County providing compared to, say, five years ago or in 2012 when that law passed? So the county health system is set to provide about $500 million in care that it's not going to get paid for this year. Wow. That number has gone up about 60% in five years. And so let's kind of divide that into two buckets. Imagine this is a line that just keeps going up and up and up. One bucket are people like Esperanza, um, people who don't have insurance and are going to the county health system for care, and they're not getting paid to provide that care. And then the other is all the money, all the bills that they're not able to collect or people can't afford to pay. So some of this problem is also the county not collecting bills from people who might actually have insurance? Yeah, I know it sounds really funny, but there are a lot of people who bought plans on the health insurance exchanges that were created out of the Affordable Care Act. And some of those plans have really expensive out-of-pocket costs. There are also insurance companies that the health system is sending bills to, and those health insurance companies are denying them and saying, we're not going to pay those either. So there's a just – it's gotten – billing has gotten so much more complicated – Um, Think about it this way. The county health system used to have two types of patients, the uninsured, like Esperanza, and people on Medicaid. And so I was just used to building the state Medicaid program. Then Governor Bruce Rauner largely privatized Medicaid. And so all these private insurance companies now are covering Medicaid patients too, including the county health system. They have their own Medicaid health plan called County Care. So now you've got not just the state you're building, but you've got all these private insurance companies and they all have their own set of rules. So now you're just dealing with a much more complicated situation. So it's a paperwork nightmare. It's paperwork. Um, and I will also say that no hospital is able to collect all the money it's owed. Not even private hospitals. Not even private hospitals. They're all struggling. So where does the Cook County Health System go from here? So there are a couple of options. Other hospitals in the county can start to treat more uninsured patients, take on more free care, and not send as many people to the county health system. The county health system can go to the county commissioners and ask for more money, so essentially a tax increase. Lawrence Massault, the Civic Federation, so that's going to be a really big ask. Throughout Cook County and the state of Illinois, there is tax fatigue. We have seen very significant increases. He hearkened back to the sugary beverage tax last year, which people had to pay more for their pop and Gatorade at the store. And there was basically a big backlash against that, and the county commissioners repealed that. So what happens if the county system then just starts turning people away, like Esperanza? Where do they go? What happens to them? So I actually asked Esperanza about this, you know, what her thoughts were, and she said that she couldn't fathom it. She said that she really worried that for people like her, she told me she had no backup plan of where to go if she couldn't go to Stroger. Los costos de lo que viene siendo médicos son muy altos. So everything is so expensive. The, the you know the doctors, the medicine, everything is so expensive, and you, you just can't pay for the treatment. And she knows that you know it will impact a lot of people if they didn't have any funds, if they lower their funds. Um, it will just be devastated for all the people that usually rely on Stroger for their care. Ellos ayudar más limitadamente, creo que este sí afectaría bastante, bastante. Really, it could turn into a public health issue. People would potentially put off care, they'd get sicker, they'd show up in the ERs of these other hospitals anyways, and be a lot more expensive to treat. 
Kristen Shorsh covers Cook County for WBEZ. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's episode. We'll be posting Kristen's story and a lot more data and information on WBEZ.org. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at WBEZ.org politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. My 2016 spreadsheet, this is all the hospitals on it. I wanted to make sure I had all my numbers right. You know what I mean? And then That I, is a giant piece of paper. Yeah. That's just one year. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, what are you um, talking about? Okay. <laughs>